Hey, this is Delitra. Hey, everybody, this is Angela. And you're listening to Nutrient Sisters, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn how to nourish your body and soul. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Nutrient Sisters podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in to another episode. If it's your first time, welcome here. If you've been here before, thank you so much for coming back. We're back with another episode to help you nourish yourself. And today we're going to get right to the topic. We're talking about MSG and some of the discussions that I've heard online personally about an old myth about MSG. And apparently there's some new information and evidence about MSG. But Angela, if you can get informed about what MSG is. Yeah. First of all, all of us have had MSG. At some point in our lives, we're probably still eating it to this day. It's Mm -hmm. known to be in things that are really processed, like canned vegetables, condiments like ketchup, mustard, salad dressings, soy sauce, deli meats, potato chips, soups. It's in so many different foods. I'm sure we've had it before. It goes by a couple different names as well. So even if you don't see the word MSG written on something, you might see these terms. Yeast extract is probably like the number one thing that I always see. So if you see yeast extract, then you know that it that's MSG. Hydrolyzed vegetable protein, hydrolyzed yeast, soy extracts, protein isolate. These are all other names that contain MSG. So again, we've had it before. We've been having it for years. You're probably still eating it to this day unless you're very, very conscious of your food labels which we know that Americans usually aren't. (laughs) But MSG, so MSG stands for monosodium glutamate. It's the sodium salt of glutamic acid, and glutamic acid becomes glutamate when it's broken down by the body. So as soon as MSG hits the saliva in your mouth, it breaks down into glutamate and sodium, which your taste buds perceive as a salty, savory, umami taste. An umami is recognized as a unique flavor that our taste buds can taste or acknowledge. So that's kind of the breakdown of what MSG is. Oftentimes we see it as it kind of looks like salt. It's very, it's like very fine grain. It's pure white. But this is what gives our foods like that umami taste that we all love and enjoy. The, the, the issue with MSG is that for many years, and Delitra, you know, you and I have talked about this, we learned in school, which was like, gosh, centuries ago, (laughs) we learned in school that MSG is bad for us. That's what we learned. We should avoid it. We should tell our patients to avoid it. And now we're kind of getting to this point where, just like many other things, we're learning that MSG is not that bad and that it actually can be linked to more racist ideals, very similar to things like the BMI, you know, and, and, and soul food, you know, things like that. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. Delitra, what are your personal opinions on MSG? So, yeah, like you said, I thought it was a bad thing. And I've actually told people to avoid that before. And this is my personal apology to those people that I share that information. But, you know, it's another thing that I like about science. And I know people had some frustration during the pandemic when we started hearing different things from the CDC about the guidelines, while it is inconvenient to make changes frequently, it to me, it meant 
I felt like it meant like, okay, the science is changing. They're learning more. Now we need to do this. Okay. Mm -hmm. We did that. Now we need to do that. So science is ever changing. And I do like that about that. It keeps me on my toes. Right. I have had MSG straight up before and likely other people have too. if you use accent, which I see people use online on Instagram sometimes for cooking stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was at a food and nutrition expo and Accent had a booth there. They, I think they made ramen or udon noodles. I'm not sure. But we got little packets of MSG and I, I imagine the broth was made with MSG also. Mm-hmm. So I have experience, but what, from what I was told, MSG causes headaches. And when I was looking up, apparently there's some other symptoms that they alleged weakness, flushing, dizziness numbness, muscle tightness, difficulty breathing, and even the loss of consciousness. So I said, okay, well, we need to avoid that. And we need to tell people to avoid that. Right. Yeah. But that, so that bad rap came from like the 60s. mm -hmm. Which is crazy to me. But in the 60s is when a article came out, a research paper came out. And Delita, you mentioned that it was an Asian American man who wrote it. Yeah, but a Chinese-American doctor. Chinese-American. And he basically, well, he listed all those issues and he was like, this is, you know, you need to avoid MSG. I think they were actually calling it Chinese restaurant syndrome. So if you ate at a Chinese restaurant, these foods, obviously Chinese food has been known to be heavily seasoned with MSG and it would cause dizziness and palpitations and so ever since then ever since this 1968 report we've been avoiding msg we've been telling people to avoid it we've we've labeled it as toxic and now we're learning that that's you know that's not the case for some people they might you know actually have some sensitivity towards it but for Mm -hmm. most general public it seems to be fairly what am I looking for fairly safe yeah Yeah. what what is interesting to me because I looked up a number of different things about this to try to understand and I didn't read the letter that he wrote but somebody who did said that he believed that his symptoms could have resulted from either alcohol sodium or MSG Hmm. so I found that interesting that they focus on the MSG, but again, I don't know how much he highlighted it in the letter. Mm-hmm. And overconsumption of alcohol and sodium definitely can give you these symptoms. A headache, dizziness, difficulty breathing. I've had that before. Loss of consciousness. Consciousness. People black out right. um, hmm. for excess, a consuming excess amount of alcohol. So I found that interesting that they focused on that, but later on, numerous studies backed MSG's bad reputation, stating that mm. it was highly, highly toxic. And but that's interesting. It, yeah. And it's interesting that there's current evidence or evidence that is opposite to that, that questions the accuracy of the previous research for several reasons, a lack of adequate control groups, small sample sizes. There are flaws in the method. I'm not even going to say that word. (laughs) A lack of dosage accuracy. The use of extremely high doses that far exceed those consumed in typical diets, which is my 
reservation sometimes when I hear studies done on animals. Because unfortunately, these poor rats or mice, they inject them with like large amounts of whatever this subject is, whether it's sugar or sugar substitutes or in this case, MSG. And they're not, they're too, it's too much. Like we would not consume that in one sitting or even maybe a couple of sittings. The administration of MSG, another concern is the the administration of MSG via routes with little to no relevance to oral dietary intake, such as injections. That's kind of goes back. It's similar to what I just said. So today, major health authorities like the joint FAO, WHO, the FDA, the European Food Safety Association consider MSG to be generally grass, so just generally recognized as safe, which I find it interesting that the European... No, I mean, I think that that's interesting just because when we look at, like, so a lot of those studies, though, didn't, did they just isolate MSG? Because oftentimes when you find MSG, Mm. like I said in the very beginning, you're going to find it in a lot of processed foods, snack foods, fast foods, seasoning blends, frozen meals, which also have a lot of salt content. So is it really the MSG or is it the sodium? Because a high salt diet can also give you, you know, flushing, palpitations, headaches mm-hmm. for some people. So that's what I, I guess I'm like, hmm, I, we, I guess we need to keep studying it. And just like, I think we should yeah. isolate it for some, some from some of those things so we can really see if it's, you know, from this. But again, in a lot of Asian cultures... They use MSG, and as we know, people who live in Asia don't have significant health problems the way that Americans do. So then that also makes me question. (laughs) Well, that was my thing. I was thinking when I was reading this, I was like, well, why don't we compare it to people that use that on a regular basis, like in the different Asian countries and see what is happening to them? I thought that would have been something smart for us to do, but... The concern about the lack of adequate control groups makes me think that there was some bias there, that mm-hmm. maybe they weren't narrowing it down to just MSG, and that can lead to results that favor whatever they would want it to be. One thing I was saying was, like, I, I find it funny that the European Food Safety Association, not not that it's funny, but it's, it's interesting to me because I always see all the the arguments online about Europe banned this and and Japan banned this and Mm -hmm. we need to also and it looks like Europe is on board to being safe Uh as well there was I think you were talking about it like there are some people that have apparently MSG hyper like they're sensitive to MSG Mm -hmm. and apparently that's supposed to be less than 1% 1% of the general population. Mm-hmm. The condition is called MSG symptom complex. And it is characterized by the symptoms similar to those that Dr. K, I will just say, wrote in his letter. So I wonder if he, maybe if it was MSG, if he had this complex. It does seem similar to me as the whole gluten-free movement. Like, there are some people that need to medically stay away from gluten because they will be Mm -hmm. in pain and there's some other consequences. 
from consuming right. gluten. But since we saw, I don't know what how it started, but I don't know if somebody saw somebody with celiac disease or even gluten sensitivity, and they're like, oh, we all need to be away from gluten because mm-hmm. it could do this to to somebody. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but not to everybody. The minute you say that some people can have adverse reactions, everybody has an adverse reaction to something. They're like, mm, exactly. What? They're like, this is the answer. <laughs> this is the key to all my health issues right here. <laughs> Right. Oh, it was gluten. It was dairy. Right. It was the oil. It was the water. It was just don't eat. (laughs) Yeah, just don't eat. Just exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Air is gonna be too much for you one day. (laughs) Which goes back to the criticism of the small sample size from the other research studies that supported this idea about MSG. That is very important to have a large sample size because then we could, that sample size could just be that 1% of the population. It doesn't apply to everyone. And we're looking for things that are applicable to the general public. It is important, you know, that these people that do have these conditions to have research for their condition and treatment and things like that. But when we're Mm -hmm. talking about general recommendations, which this was a general recommendation to avoid MSG, we need a larger, we need a large sample size to make that conclusion. Uh, One thing to note about the symptom is that those people that are sensitive to that appears to show up when they consume three or more grams of MSG without food. And apparently a three gram dose is a high one. It's it's not a typical serving. MSG. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm an MSG enriched food. Like a typical serving MSG enriched food contains less than half a gram of the additive. So consuming three grams at one time is highly unlikely to happen. Right. But yeah. So all MSG. Exactly. Um, so all very interesting. And I did see some discussion about it being the the conversation about MSG being bad was rooted in racism. And I yeah. want to learn more about that. Because I'm trying to understand that part. I don't well, know if you saw I anything guess, about so, that. From, from what I've been looking at, and I think this is a good quote, so I'm going to say it. But this came from a men's health article. It's titled MSG and Racism. And there's a really good quote in here that I think we need to hear. So it says, MSG is seen as this high-tech food additive made in this other place. And that is seen as inherently frightening and hostile in the West, says Porter Salmon. If we were deri- if it were derived in the West, it would have just been seen as any other food additive. Don't discount the downright racist microaggression that is super strong around unfamiliar foreign food. So I think that this is a really good quote, and I think it sums it all up all together. Because basically, so an Asian man made MSG, like the as as we know it. So and this was back in like early nineteen. 19- I don't even know 19 something I wish I could look up the date right now but um and then after some point I think it was like early 1900s after some point you know with Pearl Harbor there started to be some animosity towards Asians you know because all that stuff happened so we started to treat them really unfairly and then there was a lot of conversation about how Chinese food makes you feel really bloated and gives you really negative you know side effects and so I think it further kind of alienated them. And even now we start, we are still seeing Asian hate in this country 
you know, we, we still have Asians that get killed for no reason, Asians that get beat up for no reason, other than the fact that they're just Asian. They're just living their life. And so I think a lot yeah. of it is that we we claim MSG is like this other. We don't we're unfamiliar with it. We don't really know much about it. A couple of years ago, there were all these bad articles, and so we've cl- we've dubbed it the other. And to us, that's threatening. But yeah. on another conversation, what people need to realize is that glutamate is a naturally occurring amino acid. It acts as a neurotransmitter in her body. It's abundant in tomatoes and hard cheeses, shrimp Mm -hmm. even. And so, and as we said, MSG, you know, has glutamate in it. That's what it is. And so a lot of the, so there's also that conversation of like, well, wait, why are we demonizing MSG when glutamate is a naturally occurring thing? So you can probably kind of see how this whole racist, how racism ties into it. There are a lot of chefs In fact, Chrissy Teigen's mom, I think her name is Pepper Teigen, she's been really, she's been advocating for people to to start using it. Huang, I'm probably saying this wrong. There's a chef, Huang, and then another chef, Chang. They're they're very outspoken about it and how we need to change the perception around MSG. Because like Mm -hmm. we've said, recent articles have suggested that it's not bad some people might have a sensitivity to it and that's okay but that's a very small portion of people and you would have to eat you would literally have to chug a bottle of msg in order to feel that you know side effect for most people so yeah i think that's just kind of you know what we're seeing with msg and the whole racism thing does that make sense yeah and i did see something on cnn talking about this also on on their website and talking about ethnic and other and how like Italian or French cuisines, which are both foreign to the United States, are seen as high class fine dining. While Chinese or Thai food is often referred as quick, cheap and low quality. Yeah. And the the funnier, more ironic part about Chinese food, like a lot of Chinese food that Americans like are Americanized. They're not like authentic Chinese dishes. So it's an American version of something that they think that we would like. So it's not even authentic Chinese. So Mm -hmm. I I think you need to go to like maybe like Chinatown or or China to really get more of the authentic stuff. Although I think there's some stuff on the menu, but a lot of stuff that we like, General So, Crab Rangoon, all this stuff with all these sweet sauces and things like that are not traditional Chinese no. foods from what I hear. So that like blew f- my mind when I <laughs> learned that. Yeah. And I feel like, this is my personal opinion, I feel like there are so many other ingredients in food these days that you should be worried about, and MSG is not one of them. <laughs> like, if you're worried about MSG, right. you've got bigger fish to fry because there are a bunch of other things that you should be way more worried about. And one of them would be like dyes, like red, blue, green, yellow dyes. Are we mm. know these aren't good, still in our foods, you know? But 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 that's what I'm saying is like, okay, even if MSG was bad, which we're not saying it is, okay. But like you eat Doritos and Mountain Dew and you know things that we know don't right. have like the best ingredients in them. 
there are other things that you could probably be way more worried about. So this whole emphasis on like MSG, I do think it has like, do you think it's just deeply rooted in like this whole like Asian, I, like we hate Asians, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I see I, where I Asian Americans are coming from. Yeah. yeah. And the, the food diet thing is debatable also because that's generally recognized as safe. Right. But where you, where you're consuming food diet, food diet ingredients in are foods that are not supposed to be a part of like your everyday diet like all the different cakes and chips and cookies and things like that what was interesting is that msg and accent is used as like a salt substitute in ingredients so it was so apparently msg enhances salve like secretions of your saliva i'm not even gonna mm-hmm. try to do that yeah which umami flavors usually do, which help with reducing like the amount of sodium that you salt that you use when you're cooking or just mm-hmm. adding to food, which is going to be great for your blood pressure, which apparently it also interferes with carbohydrate metabolism oh. and it impacts post-meal recovery of, of hunger and satiety. But there is some conflicting research if we just get go even further into msg about whether or not it affects our weight or not and others have also found that msg helps to reduce it may reduce your appetite while other people say that the flavor enhancing properties could lead to overeating and there was a discussion about how that's not seen when you eat msg enhanced high protein meals but it is observed when you eat high carb, enhanced high carb mm. meals. And that could be because protein is more filling than a carbohydrate is. Mm-hmm. It may have nothing to do with MSG at all. Just the components of what a protein and a carb is. <laughs> right. So a lot of interesting information out there. But from what I can tell, something that it's safe and it's not something that I would tell patients to stay away from. Right. And there is some research that needs to be done in regards to like weight and like satiety and things like that, which mm-hmm. I don't even know if the general public is interested in, in that. Right. I think professionals are. But I think the general public was more interested in like the side effects that they heard about and staying away from that. And by all means, if you are that person that has a sensitivity and you experience that, stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it would require you to read your labels, you know, which we talk about all the time. Read your labels, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like the gist of this is that MSG is in a lot of highly processed foods and it's not all bad. Some people might have a sensitivity to it, but otherwise Mm -hmm. fairly safe. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you're worried about the MSG then that means you, I, I want people to understand if you're worried about the MSG, that would require you to cut back on your highly processed meals. I mean, period. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. like, this isn't in a fresh, you know, meal. And yeah. it re- would require you to cut back on eating out. If you're mm-hmm. not willing to do either one of those things, then maybe you need to take a deep, hard look as to whether or not you're really scared of big old MSG. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> right. my take is you're not. You're just saying that you're scared of MSG. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are scared before they even try it. They right. don't have personal experience with it, but they heard about it. So they're, right. they're going to stay away from it. Because like I said, there's other names for it. You know, the yeast extract, hydrolyzed vegetable. So, and I know that's in a lot of things. So you're eating it without even knowing that you're eating it. Yeah, I think I had it for breakfast, actually. Right. <laughs> and that breakfast was bet- good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I was eating cereal and it had protein isolate in it. So right. that's interesting that we talk about that today. But right. I'm okay. I don't have a headache, you guys. Like, I'm experiencing flushing. Yeah. Nothing. Because you didn't have Nothing over three grams of it. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I was not injected with MSG for breakfast right. <laughs> today. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of it, like you said, like that whole... If your food tastes better, you're going to eat more of it. I think that that's true. And I think I think that is the larger conversation that we should be having as professionals is that this country, we overeat because things taste so good and MSG makes things taste delicious. And so I think the Yummy. problem there is that you're just overeating because it tastes great. And that's, you know, and that's a real issue. But that also has some, you know, we, we need to. That has some psychological issues that we need to deal with and, you know, obviously the physical implications of that. So I think that's probably more of the larger conversation at hand. Yeah. And think about like what we were talking about. Well, I was talking about the carbohydrate, MSG enhanced things. All A, a lot of the processed things that we were talking about were carbohydrates and they were not, they were refined carbohydrates. They were not mm-hmm. full of fiber. So it is very common right. to overeat carbohydrates that don't have any fiber in it and to eat sweet things like to overeat that also when i'm thinking about cakes and like even some the americanized chinese chinese food that has those nice sauces on top is it's very easy to overeat something like that oh yeah Um, definitely that's why it's important for us to have balanced meals and portion sizes Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of people that don't know that Chinese restaurants have a health food section on their menu. Huh? They don't know. Yeah. And it's like, it's usually a shrimp or chicken and vegetables. There's different sauces. You can get brown rice there. You can get sauce on the side and they're not fried in a batter. Like some of the famous American nice Chinese dishes that we love to eat. So right. something to think about when you're eating out for Chinese food. Yeah. MSG. Unfortunately, you know, I I will with this whole, you know, making sure that MSG is promoted more positively. Like you said, there have been multiple people where I've said, you know, patients back in the day where I've been like, avoid it. And I apologize, too, because that was just what I was taught. And, you know, sometimes. Well, we already know that sometimes the the dietetics programs are not, you know, (laughs) the best let's diverse. just say that so so we apologize but right but as with anything especially in this field our field is ever changing ever growing so it's okay if you know we make mistakes because we're we we continue to learn more about things as they come along and and msg is one of those things that we might have learned about long ago not too long ago but <laughs> a couple of years ago and now <laughs> we're finding new evidence to support you know positive claims for it so it's ever changing ever growing Mm -hmm. just make sure you know you're keeping up with the times if you're going to be stuck in your ways then yeah you're never going to know what's what's going on and you're always going to promote things negatively so 
keeping up with the times helps yeah. <laughs> in our profession. And just listening to professionals that have to keep up with the times, like they have to yeah. get continuing education to keep their license. And a lot of our influencers on there don't have any license or real credentials that mm. they have to continue to mm. learn about things. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. a plug to work with a professional. Yes, a plug. Plug to work with my friend, Delitra. She has her own. Oh, not me. Not her. <laughs> I wasn't talking about me, but they, you can work with me. But I'm like, in general, no, no. working with people. In general, yes, in general. But yes, Funny. hopefully, you know, we are, are huge proponents of anti-racist, you know, organizations and, and slogans and things like that. So we just want to say shout out to, you know, all of our Asian American listeners. We support you. We love you. We hope that you're safe. And we're sorry that, you know, this thing that you may or may not be using, MSG, has gotten such a bad rap through the last couple of decades. Hopefully yeah. things change. But we stand by you. We support you. But in other words, in other news, we will be ending this episode on a good note. So please make sure to follow us. Listen to our new episodes. Tell us what you think. You know, give us a shout out message us email us do whatever it takes but we want to hear your thoughts and opinions and make sure you subscribe so that you can always stay up to date with all of our new episodes until then we hope you all have a good day